If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 84 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on February 21st, 2021. Now let's get started by giving our shoutouts as always to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much more. Please visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts including Yapping Yankees, and much, much, much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at GruntTalksMLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. And also don't forget, guys, you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees too, and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you can do just that by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And always remember to subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. In wrestling, WWE to be specific... Not sure how many of you know this, but the period of time between immediately after the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania is often referred to as the road to WrestleMania. Well, for me, I dub the day of pitchers and catchers reporting the road to a World Series title. In the Yankees' case, if they were to finally win again this year, would be their 28th. So my friends, as of the 17th, which was the day that pitchers and catchers reported as we know, we are officially on what I call the road to number 28. And I'm ready to have my heart broken again. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Sort of. But anyway, the road to what I hope and pray will be the Yankees' 28th championship has officially begun. Pitchers and catchers have officially reported as of the 17th. They've held their various workouts We've seen videos of them showing up and doing their thing, addressing the media like Boone did on the 17th when he spoke about Clint Frazier being the starting left fielder, which no one is really surprised about. At least, I wasn't. How confident he is in the rotation with the additions of Kluber and Tyon, and so on. All good stuff. Full squads report tomorrow and hold their first workout on the 23rd, and that first spring training game against the Blue Jays that I told you about last week is just a week from today. That's right. Next Sunday, there will be Yankees baseball on our televisions. God, I'm happy. (laughs) I really am. I've said it many times before, and I'll say it again. This has always been one of my favorite times of the year. The boys reporting for spring training, the season of spring on the horizon, eventually leading to warmer weather and longer days, baseball coming back. Ugh, I love it. I love it so much. And I'm so excited for today's show, even more than usual. I got a fun one for you. I I mean, I always do. Today, though, I'm in a really good mood, as I always am when pitchers and catchers report. Baseball's time is here. All good vibes today, as they say. Good vibes. 
but I do have one message for the Yankees regarding this season. And I've said this on Twitter. I've said this tons of times right here on the show throughout the whole offseason. And I'm saying it now after the offseason has officially ended and spring training is here. And I think I speak for all Yankee fans when I say this. And I want this said right away, right now. Yankees, get it done this year. I am tired. We are all tired of hearing about how close you guys have been. Close in air quotes. Win the damn World Series already. Like Cobra Kai says, no mercy. No more calm acceptance of anything less. Do not make me do another show all depressed at the end of the year after another Yankee playoff exit. I'll end up breaking this microphone. Let's get it. Let's go. No mercy. Don't bring out my angry side again. I know lots of people love when I vent and rant, but I don't enjoy it, so think of me. (laughs) Think of me, if nothing else. I want number 28. We all do. No mercy. Get it done. No excuses. No more failing. No more having nearly the entire team getting injured. No more. Kick ass this season. Win the division. Get through the weak American League. Finally win another pennant and finish the job in the World Series. Let's go. All right, that's out of my system. Now, on to today's show. <laughs> we, we've got an open-ended question for today's social media segment. And honestly, it's an appropriate open response question with the offseason coming to an end this past week. So we'll get to that momentarily. And for Yankees news today, at the very beginning of this past week, on Monday, the Yankees made a couple of more signings to round out the offseason. One for the bullpen, a familiar face you might remember from the past. It's not like I'm spoiling anything. The signing was announced six days ago. So anybody remember Justin Wilson? Well, he's back. And we'll talk more about him later on in Yankees news along with the other signing they made on Monday. A catcher for catching depth. And for some, a controversial player. Goes by the name of Robinson Chirinos. Been around for some time. For those who aren't as familiar with him for some reason, not to worry, I'll be talking about him in Yankees news as well. And as of two days ago, on Friday night, shortly after it was said that he and the Yanks were actually talking about a contract, there was official news on Brett Gardner. Turns out he is returning after all. I'd been saying that if he is to return, a price that I considered to be reasonable was anywhere from like two to three million dollars. That's the range I've been repeating week by week. So we'll discuss Guardy's return later too, and just how much he was signed for. And that's what's on the docket for today, guys. Most of the discussion will be centered around recapping and discussing the offseason since it's now officially over and talking about the two signings for Monday and Guardy signing on Friday. Spring training discussion will kick up much more come next week. We'll talk a whole bunch about storylines, expectations, hopes, and what we see out of certain guys as the exhibition games start to get underway, which, again, begins next Sunday. I'm just going to keep repeating that over and over again because it just makes me happy. So, for the most part, that's really all there is to talk about in that department so far. What I just mentioned before, as far as spring training is concerned. Pitchers and catchers reporting, watching them warm up and get ready. Them and Boone, everybody, speaking to the media. Boone discussing some of the things I mentioned earlier. Showing optimism about the upcoming season. The whole nine, you know. Good stuff. But not much to, you know, expand upon as of this moment, so. And by the way, by the way. I don't want to make it seem like the Herman storyline doesn't exist. Everyone knows what's going on with that, I assume. With Zach Britton saying that most of the time, you can't control who your teammates are. Speaking of Herman, when asked by the media about him. And Zach Britton, aside from being a back-end reliever out of the bullpen, happens to also be the team's player representative. So you have to imagine that whatever he says regarding the team, I'm sure at least many of the players, at least, feel a similar way. And we all know what went down with Herman, with him horribly and disgustingly smacking his girlfriend at an event with teammates present. And then an article that actually came out like an hour ago from when I'm recording now described him as getting even more angry and belligerent following the fact, resulting in his girlfriend having to hide from him in a locked room. And it's horrific to think about, honestly, just to think about. It really is. We went over it a great deal when it happened back in 2019, and now today's details paint it even clearer and 
more disturbing picture. And since he's only just returning from this, after not pitching last year due to his suspension from this, his actions are still coming back to bite him. As they should. And obviously, I can't say I can blame Zach and other players for feeling this way, for sounding like they just don't even really want him around. And I'm sure the dynamic in the clubhouse at the moment with Herman isn't great. At all. At least it doesn't sound like it is, when you hear about it being spoken about this way. But we're not in the clubhouse. We don't know for sure, but it sure sounds like the morale around him is horrendous. But yeah, this past week, some light was shed on that situation, and people in the Yankee community were both reiterating that they still can't stand Herman and don't want him on the team anymore, thinking that he could be traded or even released, maybe. Some were saying he still deserves a second chance. Some are worried that he'll be a distraction for the team. Some people even went after Zach Britton for saying his statement to the public like that and thought that maybe that should have been kept more private. And on the other hand, some are glad that he did outright mention that in response to the media's question, but opinions are all over the place, as they usually always are. It's an ugly situation. It's a mess. As it's been from the beginning, and as you'd expect from any domestic violence case to be, really. So, that happened this past week. I'm sure there will be even more on it as time goes on. So far, this whole situation just seems to be starting to rear its ugly head. Again, can't say I'm surprised, but I did at least want to mention what had been going on with that here at the start of the show. I obviously don't want to act like it's not happening, but it's tough. As I said when this all first happened in 2019, I feel everybody deserves a second chance if they're truly dedicated to changing and not committing such horrid acts anymore. But if he doesn't seem to have changed much at all, and the morale in the clubhouse surrounding him isn't good, which, again, with Zach Britton's statement, it really seems the morale is pretty bad, I can't say I'd be opposed to them possibly trading him, or even just releasing him, if it's that much of a problem for the team. I mean, it goes without saying that I have no use for Herman as a person. I mean, what he did was just such a disgrace, and that's putting it mildly. But if the Yankees believe that he can truly change and that he is truly remorseful for what he's done, and that he has really earned that second chance, then we'll see what decision they make as to how they want to handle it. And I hope that ultimately it ends up being the right one. But we'll have to hang tight and keep an eye on how this continues to transpire, as I'm sure the Yankees are keeping an eye on it too. They definitely have to. This is a big deal. And as much as I do believe in second chances in general, Cases like this, like domestic violence, it's really, really difficult. And I would totally understand if they even release him over this. So as much as I believe in second chances in general in life, guys, this is a tough one. Abusing women and domestic abuse overall is unspeakably horrible. Tough to forgive, to put it nicely. To really put it nicely, actually. It's an ugly, ugly topic. And I just really wish it never, ever happened anymore because it's such a disgusting thing. It makes me sick. I could never imagine doing something like that. But regardless, definitely thought it'd be important to mention this. It's a big story. It was a big story when it first happened back in 2019, and it's a big story again now after Zach Britton's statements. But we'll see what happens with this, and we'll also see what happens much more when spring training discussion overall will take place here on the show next week. Much more so than this week. Once full squads are reported and ready to go, games actually begin to get underway next Sunday, storylines continue to progress, and everything. But anyway, for now, let's get to recapping and discussing the offseason with this week's open-ended social media question and then discussing the Yankees' two signings back on Monday, as well as Gardner's return on Friday. Starting with this week's open-ended social media question, the question is, give a letter grade that represents your opinion of the Yankees' offseason and why. And of course, leave all of your thoughts down in the comments for a chance at a shout-out on today's show, if I get to your reply. Now, keep in mind, just because the offseason is officially over, that doesn't mean that moves can't still be made. Hell, there's still a list of guys without a job here on the 21st of February, with the exhibition games about to get underway here in the next week. So, while the offseason is over upon the report date for pitchers and catchers, things can still happen. Little things could happen throughout the season, depending on the time. And of course, as far as trades are concerned, if you want to talk about trades, then those could happen too, especially and mainly at the trade deadline in July. You know this. 
I hope. But anyway, since the offseason is officially over, it definitely makes sense to take a look back at what happened and hear how you think it all went. So, when it comes to the Yankees offseason, this is my opinion on all of this, they actually ended up doing plenty. They really did. And all within the window of money that they had to work with based on the tax threshold that Hal Steinbrenner enforced. I'll just run through many of them quickly, especially the notable ones, obviously. They re-signed the centerpiece to the Yanks' success these last couple of years in DJ to that great contract. So DJ LeMahieu returned on that great deal. Kluber and Tyon, who come with risks because of recent injury history. And if you've been listening, we've spoken about all of these moves I'm talking about now before, throughout the offseason when they happened, obviously. So I won't go too in-depth on each and every one again. With the exception of the two signings they made this past Monday, obviously. But anyway, Kluber and Tyon, if healthy, despite their recent injury history, which it really seems like they are healthy, we won't truly be able to tell until they start pitching real games during the season and take on their workload. But for now, as of this moment, they really seem as if they're healthy. They could be enormous additions for the starting rotation, in my opinion. The health risk obviously makes it a little bit iffy, yes. Because if it doesn't work, then this rotation could really, really get exposed. So we'll see if their belief that they're both healthy and that they'll be effective comes to fruition. But as I've said time and time again, I'm optimistic about them. I acknowledge the risk, but I am optimistic. I think there's a lot of upside with both of them. So DJ, the rotation, now for the bullpen. You got O'Day, and as of this past Monday, which again, we'll be talking much more about in Yankees news later, Justin Wilson for the bullpen, who, if you ask me, both have just about the same ability to get the job done as Canely, who signed with the Dodgers and will spend 2021 recovering from Tommy John surgery anyway, and Adovino, who you may recall was traded to Boston to give the Yanks financial flexibility, and after no longer being effective out of the bullpen since the very end of the 2019 season. And as I said before, this can definitely work out just as well or maybe even better than him and Canely, and for far cheaper especially after trading Adovino. So those two together, and for far cheaper, that has enormous potential. And of course, you also have a lot of other low-risk, potentially high-reward depth moves in getting Adam Warren back on a minor league deal. Could be a solid middle reliever again in the pen like he was years ago, if he makes it back to the big league squad. You got Chassin on a minor league deal. You got Robinson Chirinos on a minor league deal for catching depth this past Monday. Talking about him more in Yankees news later too, of course. Traded for an outfield depth piece in Greg Allen. Nothing to write home about, but still a potentially good depth piece nonetheless. You also got better and more known outfield depth on a minor league deal with Jay Bruce. Not what he used to be, but he's still a lefty hitter that provides raw power which we obviously know the Yanks don't lack whatsoever, speaking of the power department, but you've got him supplying even more, and he can also play at first or be a DH if need be, so he could prove to be an important depth piece and for very little on a minor league deal. We'll see what happens with Bruce. And speaking of lefty hitters, who's also a pretty solid utility outfielder and infielder that the Yankees actually signed a little while back that wasn't even reported at all, it wasn't reported even a little bit, is Derek Dietrich. This one came out of nowhere. He was just spoken about amongst the minor league signings invited to spring training when pitchers and catchers reported on the 17th this past week after not even being mentioned prior, really. It's kind of bizarre. It was like a secret signing. <laughs> it was really nuts. And if he earns a spot with the big league squad, he can be a solid piece of depth too, especially if someone needs a day off or injuries strike again, so on and so forth. He's 31 years old, spent most of his career with the Marlins, the last two with the Reds and Rangers though. So another solid depth piece there too, outfield, infield, left-handed hitter, and again, on a minor league deal. So it could be yet another steal. Oh, and they also non-tendered Jonathan Holder as part of their bullpen recreation that they've done, so he finally won't be back. <laughs> Point is, in my opinion, this Yankee offseason actually turned out pretty well, if you ask me. Especially with what he had to work with financially, Cashman did a nice job. He pulled off great trades like that of Tyons, where he had to give up little to nothing at all. He made solid contract signings like DJ, 
picked up Corey Kluber, even when it sounded like a lot of other teams were also bidding for his services, and all the minor league deals for the other names mentioned that could turn out to be big steals. He managed the money very well all throughout, alongside salary dumps like that of Ottavino with the Red Sox trade, also getting Gardner back at an appropriate price on Friday so he can have his send-off that he wants and deserves. I gotta say, I'm pretty damn fine with this offseason. So my official grade, drumroll please, there you go, <laughs> my grade is a B plus. So there you have it. <laughs> now, the reason it's not in the A's, in case you were wondering, despite the Yanks addressing the areas of the team that needed addressing, as I'd said, the reason it's not in the A's is because of the risk that I mentioned before attached to certain guys like Kluber and Tyon. And the fact that if guys like them don't work out, meaning if they're to get injured again and miss significant time, especially before Seve returns, and again, it's not even guaranteed that Seve will be himself, then this team, the rotation in particularly, which is obviously a huge component of the team, would be in quite the trouble, despite their depth. And as I've been saying, their recent injury history makes them at least a bit of a risk, even though I'm optimistic about them both. But my grade isn't low by any means either, because the Yankees did basically address everything, more or less, by getting DJ back, getting guys for the rotation, the bullpen, and overall depth. And honestly, basically all of them at very good prices, given the financial limitations imposed on Cashman by Hal Steinbrenner. Whether it be the DJ deal, again, great contract, the tie-on trade, really solid, as far as Kluber, although there was talk that he would sign for less than the $11 million that he got after he originally threw for teams, it was revealed afterwards, and I mentioned this on the show too, that plenty of teams were actually willing to offer him even more than what the Yankees gave him. So that ended up being fine financially. They dumped Ottavino's salary and in turn signed O'Day and Wilson, very capable arms for the bullpen, and for far cheaper combined to take the places of Ottavino and Canely, and also, I would say, used the Ottavino dump to also sign Gardy on Friday. And again, alongside all the minor league signings, some of which, again, could turn out to be steals, whether they be vital regular players or just depth pieces. And once more, all the while staying under the luxury tax that Hal Steinbrenner wanted, not Cashman, that's Steinbrenner enforcing that. To me, Brian Cashman and this offseason deserves at least a decent grade. Despite risk, necessary areas are addressed and in a very financially sound manner. God, I sound like a business executive, but you get what I'm saying. So that's my grade, a B plus. But obviously we'll be able to tell just how much of a success this all may have been once we actually see the product on the field and how it all ends up at the end of the season, whether it ends up in a championship or not, and so on and so forth. Because if it doesn't, then obviously it will have been a failure. But this is just speaking as of the here and now. And at this moment what you think about the Yankee offseason. So let's hear your thoughts right here on Twitter first, and then we'll head on over to Instagram and hear a couple of your thoughts there. We'll try to get through as many as possible, as I always try to. Up first is at EpicGamer126642, and they say, I'm going to go with an A-. Cash was told to stay under $210 million, and he flipped Otto's contract, re-signed DJ and Guardy, brought in O'Day, Kluber, and Wilson, and then traded for Jameson Tyon. Very nice work. Well, that's basically everything I said. I totally agree with that. Although my grade is a tiny bit lower than that, it's a B-plus because of the risk involved with guys like Kluber and Tyon, but I totally agree with your points. He addressed everything and did all he could with the financial restraints that were imposed upon him by Hal. And I think they were good moves. All right, up next is at MD Nelly. And they say, if Tyon and Kluber each get 150 plus innings, then B plus. If they're injured and Seve doesn't make it back well, then D. Current grade, incomplete. Well, yeah, obviously, as I said before, we're not going to see just how much of either of a success or a failure this offseason was until we actually see the product and the result of it once things are all said and done. But just as of now, what is your grade? But I think that's also fair. So if Tyon and Kluber deliver like you expect, then right now, it's basically the same grade that I put, a B plus. So I definitely agree with that. But as I said, if they don't work out and Seve doesn't make it back as himself or even make it back at all, God forbid, then yeah, there's a real possibility that at that point, the team would get really exposed and things would be like a D or even an F. So that's totally fair. 
Up next is at Shell895, and she says, B, he did a great job at dumping salary and getting some needed help. Now, the key question is how people come back from injuries and what new ones will plague us. Hopefully, neither will be a consideration, but recent history is not on our side. Yeah, recent history with injuries is not great. <laughs> That's to say the least. But yes, the dumping the salary, big thing. And as we've well established, the main concern is what the main concern has been for years now, health. You're absolutely right. If it works out, this is going to be a fun one. If it doesn't, it's going to be a long one. Up next is at Helen Boy, and they say, A, not an A+, but DJ is back for good, and Kluber and Tyon might just be incredible pieces of the puzzle. I hope they are, man, because while I'm being realistic about the risk attached to them, I'm also really, really excited to see them pitch. And if they do well and they stay healthy, then they have the potential to be really incredible additions to the rotation. I totally agree. I got my fingers, my toes, everything possible crossed for them, and that they have an injury-free and really killer comeback season. I would love for this year to be just, like, the year of the comebacks. Next is my friend James Celestin at Black Rebirth 52 and James says, B, it wasn't great, but they added high-risk players in Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon that could be high reward. They re-signed DJ and brought back Brett Gardner, so it's fine. Plus, the American League is very weak, so if healthy, the Yankees should come out of the AL, assuming everyone stays healthy. Yeah, they did what they had to do and addressed what they had to address despite the risk attached. And yeah, I love the end of that reply there. I highlighted that in my little mini rant at the beginning of the show, how weak the American League is outside of teams like the White Sox. There really is no excuse, as I've said at the beginning of the show and on past shows, for the Yankees to not at least win a pennant. But then, of course, it's all about winning a title. So if you're going to the World Series and just finish the damn job. But yeah, I agree, James. Everybody's got to stay healthy. That's it. They've got to stay healthy. Up next is at Musics and DMD, and they say, A, Cash did the best he could with the limits he had. He re-signed DJ and Guardy, decent pickups with Kluber and Tyon, didn't make any rash emotional signings that would have constrained the New York Yankees' long run, like Trevor Bauer, etc. The New York Yankees are still stable to win now and in the future. Alright, very optimistic reply. Yeah, he made his re-signings, made his moves with Kluber and Tyon, and yes, as I said, they did not make a signing of Bauer. I basically said from day one, right when Bauer announced his asking price, that that dream is over, and thankfully, because I don't want the Yankees paying him $45 million next year and like $40 million this year. You could tell me over and over again, oh, Mike, it's not your money, it's not your money, whatever. I don't care. Trevor Bauer's not worth that much money in a single season. And that's just the truth, whether you like it or not. So I totally agree with that. Up next is at Leslie Teston. And Leslie says, I'm going with a B minus. The rotation is completely unpredictable. It has the potential to be one of the best, but also a complete flop. Plus, we can never have too many outfielders since Judge and Stanton seem to be injured a lot. Hopefully I'm wrong and it turns out great. I mean, yeah, the Yankees have pretty decent outfield depth right now, which they didn't have really at the start of the offseason. They got Gardner back, they traded for Greg Allen, they even have Jay Bruce and Derek Dietrich right now, they still have Mike Talkman, so they have outfield depth, which is definitely a good thing, as I had mentioned earlier. But what you say about the rotation is totally true, again, depending on Kluber and Tyon's health. And you know what? Even Severino, how he is when he comes back. And that really depends. It could either be really, really fun or really, really bad. That's definitely true. As far as Stanton, when it comes to the outfield, you're going to be seeing him at DH. So as far as the outfield is concerned with Stanton, I wouldn't really be worried about that. You're going to be seeing him as the DH. Next up, Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, I say a B. I'm too worried about the pitching for it to be any higher. So many questions remain with the pitching and health. So happy DJ and Gardner are back, but pitching needs to be strong and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really argue with that. That's what has to happen. I'm acknowledging the risk, but I'm still optimistic. And all the while, the pitching has to hold up. Like you say, people have to stay healthy. Like that's been for years now, that's the main concern. So I totally get it. Next up, at Tegan Graham 23 and Tegan says, B plus, A's are saved for the big time moves, like signing Cole or getting a big time guy. Now listen, DJ is a big time guy, don't get me wrong, but we re-signed him. And I feel like we all knew he was coming back. With that said, 
all the pitching we added, along with the new low-key bats, and getting our clubhouse presence back with Gardner re-signed, is a big deal. Tyon is going to be an absolute stud for us. I can see it already. Great offseason for us. B+. Well, Teague, as you heard earlier, that's my exact same grade, and I agree with what you said. They did all they could with what they had, and definitely moves like Cole are not going to be happening this offseason. I told you that early on, and that ended up being true, despite there obviously still being good moves made, as we've established, but a signing like Cole, also because it just happened last offseason, and given the financial constraints this year that the Yankees imposed on Brian Cashman to work with, it just wasn't happening. But a B-plus is still a very respectable grade, if you ask me, and that's why I too thought that it was appropriate. But yeah, despite the health risk... Pitchers added, new low-key bats, lots of depth, getting Gardner back for the clubhouse, Tyon, predicting he's going to be a stud, I really hope so, man. Despite the risk attached to him, there's a lot of upside to him, his ability, his age, he's still got time under team control after this season, so if he ends up working out very nicely, that is huge. And with Gardy coming back, yeah, definitely one of his biggest attributes is clubhouse presence, and... From the sound of things going on with, like, the Herman situation, for instance, they could definitely use... A positive clubhouse presence like that of Gardner's. Up next, at Andrew Caruso 77, Andrew says, A minus. We got solid starters and a few pen arms. Offense signings were all right. DJ and Gardy were the big ones. Yeah, especially DJ. Gardy is not really going to be a starter. He'll get his playing time for whenever guys need a day off, or if injuries strike again, then you'll see him plenty, but on the regular, particularly in left field, and Boone himself confirmed this, Clint is going to be the starter. So you're not going to be seeing Gardner all the time, or as much as in the past. And rightfully so, because it's the time of other people, like Clint Frazier now, for instance. But Gardner is still there for you, as far as clubhouse presence, as far as playing great defense and still being very fast, being a very important depth piece, being a left-handed hitter, and at the price that they re-signed him for, I think it was a pretty appropriate price for that sort of a role. Alright, let's keep going, trying to get in as many as I can. Up next is at Jeffrey Bigman, and Jeffrey says, A minus. I like all the moves. The minus is for Hal keeping the salary cap. Team is championship caliber on paper. Keys are Kluber and Tyon, or the youngins, if they don't hold up. Yeah, I'd say Kluber and Tyon, as I've said, are just humongous pieces. Absolutely. If they collapse, then things could get pretty ugly. And yeah, I know certain people are very upset about the salary cap or the luxury tax threshold being enforced by Hal Steinbrenner because, of course, they're the Yankees. They can afford anything, and nobody is going to sympathize with them financially, including me. But with that cap, per se, enforced, again, I think Cashman did a very nice job. Up next is my friend Sandy, at SandyNYY, and she says, B-, minus. love the signing of Brett Gardner, great veteran player, also kind of looks like my thumb. I'm glad he's back. <laughs> Looks like your thumb. <laughs> Thank you for the laugh, Sandy. That's good. All right, up next is at Laura underscore Navens, and Laura says, I would have to say a B, only because I have a few doubts about our starting rotation. Several guys coming back from injuries and probably on innings limits. We should have gotten another quality arm without any restrictions. We have a solid bullpen, lineup, and bench, though. Yeah, I mean, the only thing keeping my grade from an A or anything within the A's was the risk attached to, so I totally understand that, and that's a valid fear to have. And that really freaks a lot of people out, because I do agree with you and hear you out when you say, if those guys don't work out, like Kluber and Tyon mainly, then things could be ugly. And I hear you. I really, really do. I agree with you. But health is never guaranteed, no matter who you're talking about, guys, even if it is a bigger risk given recent injury history with guys like Kluber and Tyon. But I hear you. I really, really do. And you do still have. You have a solid bullpen, solid lineup, and solid depth on the bench and elsewhere. You'll have the taxi squad of players, too. But yes, as per usual, the story is health, health, health. Just gotta stay healthy. At Eric underscore Pellis is next, and he says, C minus. Too many unknowns in starting rotation, as losing Tanaka and Paxton is a downgrade in my opinion. Still no quality left-handed hitting in starting lineup. Bullpen is overrated. Bringing back DJ was by far their best move. Alright, so C- is the lowest grade we've gotten so far. I'll dissect this really quick. Losing Tanaka, I've said, yeah, he's very durable. He's the definition of a Yankee. We have spoken at length about Tanaka. And losing him stung. It did. His asking price was tough, though, so he didn't return. 
As far as Paxton, I mean, I know he ended up returning to Seattle for only one year and just $8.5 million, but there must have just been something there with the Yankees that they just didn't want to bring him back. Even if it would have been just for more starting rotation depth at the end of the offseason, they could have been questioning his health. We know he had the rapid velocity decrease last year, and he really got slammed in the vast majority of the starts, even though it was a weird season. I know, I know. But what we saw out of Paxton last year, when he was even on the mound, when he wasn't injured, it was pretty bad. <laughs> really bad. So as much as I do hold the really good times with Paxton, like Game 5 of the 2019 ALCS that I've mentioned so many times, close to my heart, there really must have just been something there for the Yankees to really say, nah, I think we're done. I just never really even saw him coming back in the first place, too, as far as my own personal predicting. So even though Paxton did also have his share of good times here, it's not as big of a sting as Tanaka was. As far as no left-handed bat in the regular lineup, yeah, there really isn't other than Aaron Hicks being a switch hitter. And while it definitely is advantageous to have a good balance of righties and lefties in a lineup, obviously, if this lineup, the Yankee lineup, is fully healthy, I don't think it matters what side of the plate they bat from, they're going to murder a lot of baseballs. So as far as the lineup, they've got to just stay healthy. With the signings of Wilson and O'Day now, along with Chad Green, Zach Britton, and I guess at this point, Aroldis Chapman outside of an elimination game, <laughs> I don't really think they're overrated. And this is with all the other pitching depth that they just acquired now even, or are still carrying over from last year. They still have guys like Michael King or Clark Schmidt if they're not rotation guys. Davey Garcia, just to name a few. Maybe even put someone like Adam Warren back into the equation if he makes the big league squad again. So I don't necessarily agree with the bullpen being overrated. They did at times have worse numbers than they really should on paper, but talent-wise, especially headed into this season as it is now, I don't think it's overrated. Next is Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, I'll go with a B plus because like most, I'm sure we're hoping that the new additions to our pitching staff will stay healthy. I'm liking everything else with our team. Well, again, pretty much exactly my opinion, Tina. Totally agree. Next is at Schwabi Lan Muse, and they say B on the whole. Maybe higher if you acknowledge the constraints Cashman was clearly working within. High risk, high reward rotation will be the factor. Yeah, totally agree. Completely agree with that. And I also myself like to highlight, like I did before, that these are the constraints that Cashman had to work with, not that he enacted. If you happen to not be a fan of the luxury tax threshold that the Yankees so strongly enforced this offseason, well, you got to look to ownership with that. They're the ones that strictly enforce that with their general managers. And of course, in this case, as I said earlier, that would be Hal Steinbrenner. So given what he did impose on Cashman, yeah, you're right. And you're also right in saying that the rotation, especially Kluber and Tyon, will be huge factors. At Thinking NYY says, B+. The team overall is better than last year, which is ultimately the goal of an offseason. They are under the tax cap and didn't raid the farm system for a trade. Would be an A, but the rotation carries risk. Absolutely. And the thing that you said that I really like is that they didn't raid the farm system. For example, with a trade like Tyon, that's an example that I'm giving. They gave away farm guys to get Tyon, but they didn't include a single top 10 prospect and really didn't empty out the farm for a guy like that, or anybody else for that matter. So yeah, as you said, he addressed what he needed to, kept the farm intact, and stayed under the cap. You're 100% correct. But like I also said that you reiterated is that the only thing keeping it from an even higher grade is the risk attached to Kluber and Tyon in the rotation. We seem to be on a similar page, guys. I like it. Up next is at Yankees underscore 28th, and they say solid A. Cash pulled an absolutely amazing magic trick with the financial constraints he was put under, turned a high-priced, unreliable reliever and a really shaky rotation into five really high upside players not to mention all the veteran invites, all while reducing payroll. Yep, <laughs> that's basically what I highlighted. You are 100% correct. All right, let's try to just do a few more and then we'll move on to Instagram. Up next is at Greedy Stripes, and they say, I think it's a solid B. They added a lot of depth and a lot of potential versatility while keeping payroll down. Only thing keeping it from an A is all the health and innings restriction question marks in the rotation. <laughs> well... As I said before, a lot of us seem to be on the same page, and you seem to be as well. At Yankees Guy 93 is next, and he says, I've said this every time, and will stick to this answer. B or B plus. 
The fact that Cashman had limited money to work with and re-signed DJ brought in two starting pitchers, two bullpen arms, Guardy, and plenty of veterans on minor league deals. I'm happy with the way it's gone. On the same page again. Completely agree, my friend. I like it. Seems to be mostly similar thoughts amongst most people. At Boxcar45 says B-. minus Offense that had a lot of trouble in ALCS is about the same, but there wasn't really opportunities to upgrade. Can't mark them down for that. Rotations improved if everyone is healthy. Big if. I think this is a polarizing team. It's either going to go great or horrible. No middle ground. Yeah, I agree with that, especially depending on, as you say, what happens with the rotation's health, Kluber and Tyon particularly. Big indicator of the season's outcome is gonna be them. At Julian Gallardi1 says, B-plus putting the budget into consideration. They did just about the best they could do. Agreed, Julian. At Savage Empire Pod says, B, possibly an A. Rotation questions have to be answered. Yeah, and seeing them play, seeing the on-field product, that is going to be the ultimate answer. But we, like I am with many people here, are basically on the same page. At BobbyTats631 says, Cashman gets a B for this offseason. Added multiple pieces, increasing depth, while still leaving room for the younger guys to get a fair shot at making the roster. All while staying under $210 million. Great job in my book. Agreed, Bobby. Agreed. Alright, let's see. Maybe a couple more here. Let's do at Laker 477, my friend Rob. And Rob says, I give them an A minus. My main concern is the starting rotation. Still some question marks as to how well Kluber and Tyon will do in this bounce back season. But overall, I am pleased with the offseason moves that have been made. Okay, so same reasoning as me, except your letter grade is slightly higher than mine. Mine is B plus and you're in the A's with an A minus. Fair enough. All right, two more, two more. I'm really doing my best to get in as many of you as I can. All right, up next is at Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. Christian says, B+. What keeps it from being an A is that we still have questions in the rotation due to the injury histories of Kluber and Tyon. Yeah, identical answer to mine, so I totally agree. <laughs> Let's finish off with my friend Laura, at Laura underscore Icemont, and Laura also says, B+. The only reason I give it that grade is because of how our starting rotation will do. I want to see how Kluber and Tyon bounce back from their injuries. Well, what do you know? (laughs) There you have it. Just regular responses from the community, and many of them either on a similar page to me or maybe even on the same exact page. Awesome discussion, great minds, clearly think alike, and I really appreciate all of your replies here on Twitter. Thank you to each and every one of you, whether I got to you or not in the replies today. I really tried to get to as many of you as I could, but of course, still, unfortunately, there were a lot of replies as usual, and I just could not get to all of you, otherwise we'd just be here for like five hours. So as much as I would love to get to every single one of you, I just can't. But as I say every week, if you do want to read the rest of the replies for yourself, whether it be the replies that I got to, didn't get to, or both, then you can head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Just scroll down on my timeline, look for the tweet with the Yapping Yankees question in it, and then just look in the comments below, and you could read all of them for yourself and have a grand old time. But otherwise, thank you to all of you again over on Twitter. Let's head on over to Instagram and see what people had to say to the very same question. We'll just read a couple of responses on here. Same question. Give a letter grade that represents your opinion on the Yankees offseason and why. And obviously with Instagram to DM me your answers. So let's read a few responses on here. First up, we have Sayesh2914 and Sayesh says, A minus. Considering financial restraints, I can't be mad at Cashman for the budget that Hal set. Yeah, I like that you highlighted that because that was what I stressed before for people who are upset about the financial restraints and you might be mad at Cashman thinking that that was his doing. Well, it wasn't. That's ownership's call. Obviously, they own the team and they dictate how much money they want to be spent from offseason to offseason. So yes, that's on Hal, not Cashman. So thank you for again highlighting that for the good people out there. But an A minus. Okay, I like it. Let's just do a couple of more and then we'll wrap up the social media segment for this week. Up next is my beautiful girlfriend, Vic Salimo. And Vic says, I would have to say B plus. I would love for our beloved Yankees to earn an A plus, and I believe they can, but I have to see them work at it. The results of the past two seasons have not impressed me as I had hoped. 
I do feel like that with offseason decisions they have made in the past by bringing Cole on, and this year with bringing DJ back, signing some key players, addressing the pitching staff, and believe it or not, even the addition of fans being able to come back to games, it may lift their spirits and thus motivate and elevate their playing skills once again. Hopefully this year, we'll get number 28. Alright, so my girlfriend having the same grade as me... And I completely understand what you're saying, Vic. Of course, the last couple of years, the end result has not been fun. Last year in 2020, and even the year before that, that elimination against the Astros in the ALCS, very painful. Even despite the moves they made in some of those off-seasons prior to those seasons that ended in a bad way. But you are right in saying that if you put those moves together, like bringing Cole in last off-season and bringing DJ back now and signing a lot of the key guys they signed now, you put all those together and maybe even the factor of having some fans back, then yeah, it could finally be just the right formula to finally get that 28th championship that everybody's been aching so much for. And I know a lot of fans of opposing teams are probably like, oh, let me get my small violin. <laughs> I don't blame you, but you get what I'm saying, hopefully. Uh, but Vic, I totally agree. I do. Hopefully all of that will be the correct fusion for them to finally win this year. All right, let's finish this up with my mom, as always, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, A+. Plus. Wow, A+. Plus. But then again, I've seen them do amazing things in the offseason many times before. It's what they do at the actual season that has to prove their moves were the right ones. We have so many amazing players. But both management and coaches really have to make better decisions this season, and everyone has to stay healthy. Our biggest problem is our boys are crumbling like glass constantly. If it's because of the training coaches, then what kind of training coaches do we have? Something may have to change 100%. Although injury coaches help the injured, we need the kind of training that avoids injuries as often as they arise. Make them more agile, stretching, yoga, enough with the weightlifting so much. It tightens the muscles and joints. Let's hope for the best. They've made some great choices during the offseason, in my opinion. It takes all the factors to add up to winning a World Series. The offseason is the start. Let's go, Yankees. Yeah, actually, Mom, it's very interesting that you mentioned incorporating yoga and things like that into certain guys' routines, because as I had briefly mentioned, I don't remember exactly how many weeks ago, but I did mention it here on the show, that a report surfaced that the head of the Yankees' health and performance staff who also has been Kluber's strength and conditioning coach, Eric Cressy, he actually incorporated a lot more yoga and less weightlifting into Judge and Stanton's routines. So, since he did that, we'll see if that has any outcome on this season whatsoever and how much they stay healthy or don't stay healthy. And my mom actually does happen to know a lot about fitness. She's been involved in it for decades and decades. So, with that being said, I do find it difficult to dispute my mom's opinions with this. But yeah, it's funny you say that because they actually did talk about them incorporating those new programs into guys' routines like Judge and Stanton. But yeah, certain injuries obviously could have to do with the poor advice given by certain other injury regimes in the past, perhaps. Sometimes it's tough to really nail it down and find out what it is for sure, or sometimes it could just be nobody's fault. Injuries happen. It's a freak thing sometimes. I definitely get what you're saying. As far as the stress on health... Yeah, that's the most important thing, and you're absolutely 100% right in the past, too, that the Yankees have done incredible things in past off-seasons, but they still haven't won the World Series, which is obviously the main goal when you report to spring training camp at this time of year. And we obviously won't see just how good these moves are until they take the field, which is obviously what I just said before. But it is still worth looking back right now, as of this moment, before things get started here, before any games are to be played, whether they be exhibition or legitimate, what we think about the offseason, now that it is in the rearview mirror. But in any event, as always, Mom, thank you so much for your reply. I absolutely loved it, and I absolutely loved all of your replies overall, regardless of where you gave it to me from, whether it be Twitter or Instagram. And as I do every week, I thank you so, 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 so much for interacting with this week's Yapping Yankees social media segment. It is a blast every week. I honestly eagerly await this segment before every single show. Whenever I come up with the question, whether it be a poll or something like this, or even if it's a Q&A some weeks, I just look forward to hearing your questions for me at those points. But you get what I mean. I absolutely love this segment of the show. I love hearing from all of you. The discussion is always great, and I cannot put into words how much I appreciate hearing from every single one of you every single week. You guys are freaking awesome. What can I say? 
But if I didn't get to you again, just keep on replying every single week. I promise. I promise at some point I'm going to get to you. Just keep on trying. Don't give up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's round things off on this week's Yapping Yankees episode, episode 84, by talking about some Yankees news. Let's first begin with this past Monday, six days ago, when the Yankees made their two signings that I told you about in the introduction of the show. And those two signings, again, were the Yankees bringing Justin Wilson back for the bullpen and also signing Robinson Chirinos for catching depth. And both were reported as minor league deals, specifically Chirinos, because there still haven't been any specific details really to Wilson's contract, which is weird, other than it requiring a physical, which is normal. MLB Network reported it to be a minor league deal with an invite to spring training at first, but nothing else has been said about the contract, and he's not at spring training as of now. They still haven't cleared up a spot in the roster, which I assumed would be simply moving Severino over to the 60-day IL while he recovers from Tommy John surgery, like I mentioned a week or two ago. But regardless, both have invites to spring training, Wilson at some point. And I guess more details about his contract will come out in the near future, hopefully. Again, kind of strange, but let's discuss Wilson first. Right off the bat, pun intended, but right off the bat, I really like that he's coming back. I actually really liked him when he was with the Yanks back in 2015. He was a really reliable lefty out of the pen that year. He appeared in 74 games that year at the Yanks, which actually happens to be the most he's ever appeared in in a season in his impressive career as a reliever. He pitched just a 3.10 ERA in 61 innings with 66 strikeouts that year. And he's had plenty of other impressive seasons surrounding that with other teams too. Before he went to the Yanks in 2015, from 2012 to 2014, in his first years in the major leagues, he was with the Pirates. In his first season in 2012, he only appeared in 8 games, but pitched to a 193 ERA, appeared in 58 games in 2013, 208 ERA, and then appeared in 70 in 2014, ERA went up a little bit, but still not horrendous, 420, and then he had the season with the Yankees the next year in 2015 that I spoke about. In 2016, he went to the Tigers, appeared in 66 games, 414 ERA, so it went up a bit again, but ever since then, he has never in a full season had an ERA in the fours since then. In 2017, 341, that was with both the Tigers and the Cubs since he split time that year with the both of them. In 2018, he had a 346 ERA, and in 2019 and 2020, he was with the Mets. In 2019, he threw to a 254 ERA with the Mets in 45 appearances. It's very good. And in 2020, in the strange shortened season, he appeared in 23 games and pitched to a 366 ERA. So not bad. So he's coming back to the Yankees from the other New York team in the Mets as of now. And I'd say he mostly did a fine job for the Mets. Only thing that may be a concern with Wilson at times for me is that he can tend to walk guys a little bit much here and there, but otherwise, again, he pitches to very nice ERAs most of the time, very good at coming into jams and getting out of them, gets plenty of strikeouts, and although as a left-handed reliever, he's obviously better at getting left-handed hitters out, he's also not bad at all at getting righties out. So in my opinion, I'm really happy to have him back. I liked him a lot when he was here back in 2015 and I still think he's a very respectable reliever now. And I think he'll fit in very nicely in this Yankees bullpen, basically doing whatever the Yanks need him to do. Whether they happen to need him in middle innings, maybe, for whatever reason, or to get out of jams, be a part of the bridge to the back end of the pen alongside O'Day, to guys like Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Aroldis Chapman, which, that's the role I see him mostly in, but we'll see. But overall, as of now, I'm very glad to have Justin Wilson back, and I think this is a big-time underrated signing. Now, the other signing, Robinson Chirinos. And I guess people just tried to go based off memory when it came to him, and they were just dead wrong about a bunch of things. I'll explain what I mean about that in a second, but when it comes to memory, I would know a thing or two about that in certain situations. Mine has its moments, but for the most part, it's terrible. Like, borderline embarrassing. And of course I've been wrong at times with certain things in my life. We've all been wrong. We're not perfect. But regardless, people were just putting out information about Chirinos, I guess based off memory, that just wasn't correct. I'll name a few things right away. And this first one doesn't really have to do with memory or anything, it's just an assumption the Yankee community had, I guess, but I wanted to address this too. Saying that this signing means that Gary's job is in jeopardy? Really? From a 36-year-old catcher signed to a minor league deal? Yeah, you really think so? <laughs> 
As of now, at this point, heading into spring training, you think that Chirinos being signed means that Gary's job is in jeopardy at this moment? Come on, guys. You know better than that. I can't speak for later in the season, of course, depending on how Gary does, obviously, but as of right now, as of this moment, there's no correlation, guys. Some have also said that he's a trash can banger, meaning a part of the 2017 Astros team that cheated. He was on the 2019 team, guys, not the 2017 team. Some people said that he was Garrett Cole's personal catcher in 2019 on the Astros. That was Martin Maldonado. <laughs> so much wrong information going out there, so it's just important that that's all cleared up. And I put a tweet out too on Tuesday to correct all of that, but let's just talk a little bit about Chirinos. Again, at age 36 and with a minor league deal, this is a depth move, guys. Could be in sort of an Eric Kratz role, especially since Kratz will no longer be around since he retired a few months ago, so he'll probably be taking his place. And just a side note, and unlike the false info I mentioned earlier, this, what I'm about to mention, I guess could be a fair gripe to have with this signing. But some may still have a tough time getting past when the whole thing with the sticky, let's call it item, that people believed to be buzzers, but item. Still don't know for sure what that was. People have said it was a sticker of some sort, but plenty still have their suspicions, and it was a huge controversy at the time especially, but anyway, when that thing came flying out of his jersey during the 2019 World Series when he was with the Astros, between that and when he also went after Yankee fans who left the ballpark in the ninth inning when the Astros were beating the Yanks, saying that after they won over 100 games during the season, that them leaving says a lot about the fans, and lots of Yankee fans did not take kindly to that. <laughs> Very curious to see how the fans greet him if or when he plays with the Major League squad after all that. Many even brought that video back up after the announcement of his signing on Monday night. <laughs> it's a whole great mess. <laughs> Plenty of people still think that team was wearing buzzers, although there was never any definitive proof, so... You can't say for sure, and again, some have said it was a sticker, or what have you, but old discussion, old stuff. It was never even proven, and I'm done thinking about it. You want to talk about true proven cheating? 2017 with the trash cans, and also a portion of 2018. That was included in the cheating reports too, which, again, Chirinos wasn't on either of those teams. But if we start going down all those rabbit holes, then I'm going to be here until tomorrow morning, so let's not. What I was trying to say before, though, is that a fair gripe, in my opinion, that you could have with this signing is either that thing that came flying out of his jersey in 2019, if you still happen to be one of those people that believes that that could have been a buzzer, or with what he said about the Yankee fans, if them leaving a game in the ninth inning after the team won them over 100 games says a lot about the fans, which a lot of fans took a lot of offense to, then I guess either of those things. If you have a problem with those then you might have a gripe with this signing, and I think they're pretty fair. But again, as strange as it was, there was never any definitive proof about the buzzers in 2019, and as far as the fans thing, people will feel however they want about that. But as far as now, this year, and what Chirinos can bring to this team this year, those two gripes aside that you might have, I think he could be a solid backup third-string catcher when needed. He's been on a few teams in his career, all in the American League. He started with the Rays in 2011, then after that from 2013 up until going to that 2019 Astros team, he was with the Rangers. So he was on both Texas teams, then went back to the Rangers for part of 2020, and spent the other portion of 2020 in a brief stint with the Mets, and now he's with the Yanks. So both Texas teams, and now both New York teams too. Just a little background on him for those who don't know much about Chirinos on the field. The most games he's played in a season was 114 back in 2019, so you can see he's primarily a backup. One of just two seasons throughout his nine-year career that he's played 100 or more games, the other being the year before, in 2018, when he played in 113 games. Best years of his career, if I had to say, were definitely 2017 to 2019, those three seasons. 2017, he had 17 home runs in 88 games, 255 average, never one to hit for average as most catchers don't, so... 360 OBP, 506 slugging, 866 OPS. 2018, he hit 18 homers, driving in 65 in 113 games, 222 average with a 338 OBP, 419 slugging, coming out to a 757 OPS. And in 2019, he batted 238, 347 OBP, 443 slugging, and 790 OPS. 
He did struggle last year in 2020, splitting time with the Rangers and the Mets, appearing in 26 games overall, batting just 162, just a 232 OBP, 243 slugging, and just a 475 OPS. But as we know, plenty of guys struggled last year with the weird season. He's fine defensively behind the plate, and he has a good arm, actually. And on a minor league deal, you're, again, taking no risk. And as I said before, he'll probably be taking up a backup role, much to the likes of what Eric Kratz was, for instance. And he would also be there if injuries to hit Gary or Higashioka, or if either of them happens to be insufferably bad. (laughs) So, with that being said, Cashman does it yet again, twice this past week with Wilson and Chirinos, putting together a couple of more financially efficient, low-risk, potentially high-reward moves, if I had to say much more of a high-reward stake in Wilson, considering I expect him to have quite a bigger role than Chirinos. But Cashman has been doing this all off-season long, guys. And some of them could turn out to be big-time steals, as I was saying earlier on during the social media segment. And like the rest of them, we shall see how these two, Wilson and Chirinos, both work out. And finally today, before we end, as I said in the intro, the Yankees' longest tenured player, Brett Gardner, re-signs with the team. I did not tell you how much it was for before, so I'll tell you now. The contract was a one-year, $4 million deal with club and player options for 2022. And as I reiterated in the intro, and as you've been hearing me say over and over again for months... I was really looking for a contract for Gardner anywhere in the one year from the two to three million dollar range, and that I really would not be on board for anything much more than that. And four million is a little bit more than two to three, but it's just one million more than three, so I'm willing to accept four million. I think it's perfectly fine. I'm very glad that Gardner is coming back, particularly for the role that he's coming back in. And I said that if it was anywhere from 2 to 3 million, and as we know, it ended up being 4, which is fine, and he came back as a depth role, a backup option, clubhouse presence, and veteran leadership, that I would be totally fine with it, and I'm sticking to my word now that it's just about 1 million above my preferred range, but that's okay. And I'm glad for Gardner, because obviously, as we've been saying all offseason long, he himself said that he really wanted to return and play at least one more season in front of the fans. He did not want his career to end with the way conditions were in 2020 with no fans and how bleak and depressing everything was. I mean, who could blame him? I wouldn't want my career to end that way either, so I can't blame him. And for those concerned that he's going to be taking time away from Clint or anybody else, do not worry about it, please. Aaron Boone and the Yankees have already basically confirmed that Clint Frazier is your starting left fielder, as we've been expecting. So nobody's in any legitimate danger of having any real time taken away from them. He's going to be a backup role, a backup outfielder for solid depth, which is a good way to have him at the price that they got him for, too. He can also come in if injury strikes, which we know injuries have struck for years now, so he could be there for that. He could even come in and pinch run. He could pinch hit, particularly if a lefty is preferred in the given situation. He is coming off of what was a fantastic postseason for him in 2020, and obviously it goes without saying, but he is a fantastic clubhouse leader, and he's got veteran presence at this point like no other, being the longest tenured Yankee. And if this is, in fact, his last season like I expect it to be, and there are options on his contract for next year, so it does depend on what he does this year, too. But regardless, in case it is his last season, you want to finally win a second one for him, just as a final goodbye to Gardner, one that he very much deserves. Just win a ring for him, if nothing else. It's got to happen already. We didn't win one for CeCe. The least we could do is win one for Gardner. As I said at the start of the show, just get it done. What do you say, huh? But regardless of what happens, guys, Brett Gardner is back in pinstripes. And it'll be good to see him, along with the rest of the full squad, when everybody is reported to spring training this coming week, along with the pitchers and catchers. And it'll also obviously be fantastic when we talk again next week, next Sunday, February 28th, when the boys play in their first spring training game that we will be able to watch on television next Sunday against the Blue Jays. Baseball will be back on television after all of these months. It does not even feel real, guys, but regardless, the more spring training progresses, 
the more we will have to talk about, obviously, and I cannot wait to talk even more about spring training, much more in-depth than what we got into at the beginning of today's show when next Sunday comes around. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 84 of Yapping Yankees today. Let's give one last shout-out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much more. Please visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts including Yapping Yankees, and much, much, much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at GruntTalksMLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball9 for always helping to spread the word about yapping Yankees. And, obviously, be sure, guys, to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And why don't you listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed while you're at it? Episodes 34 up to episode 84 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, February 28th, when I come at you with episode 85 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and if you remember me talking about a big announcement having to do with this show that I teased to you at the end of last week, I said I would tell you today, well, it's still in the works, so I'm still going to leave you on a cliffhanger and tell you to be patient about that. So thank you for hanging tight on that. But otherwise, again, I cannot wait to talk to you guys next Sunday when spring training games will officially be underway. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care.